It's part two. Peaky Blinders here by order of the Peaky Blinders. Welcome in to our podcast. I'm Daniel Gilman. He's Josh Levy. We break down every single episode of the 1920s family gang drama on Netflix and BBC. So if you just stumbled into this one and you have no idea where you are, what we do is we go episode by episode. But with the season in between five and six right now, Josh and I are going through feedback from our loyal Peaky heads. We already have one feedback episode in. The the listenership is awesome, and we thank you guys so much for it. Josh, what we did in that first episode, we went through a few of uh, a few of some interesting theories. We got to go over, you know, the the meeting between Tommy and Alfie, the fact that the Peaky Blinders formula was only six episodes, and how we thought about that this season compared to others. But now we've got a ton more, and we could start Josh with Ben Stevens' comment. It's just two words, okay? And all it says is. It's Michael. I don't. I don't know. I think that would. That's it. So I guess he thinks the black cat is Michael. Do you think? Do you agree with it? I think it's the obvious one. I. I think. Right. I think it's what everyone is is meant to think that Bi- the red herring Billy Grade was not the over overarching black cat like I think you think. I. I, I kind of am with the general public there that Billy Grade was just sticking his neck out in that very end. But it, we don't know. I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day. We meet him in episode two. Josh and I are going to record the episode two breakdown with spoilers included tomorrow. And we are going to post it for our patrons on patreon.com. So if you have not joined, you're missing out because we've got bonus episodes every single week. Josh and I are going to post an episode on Patreon. Josh, there's nothing like the connection we have with our with our patrons on patreon.com slash by order of peaky. We love we love the patrons that we have, our loyal, loyal, avid listeners, giving us great feedback, going going with us through our breakdowns, pretty much epi- like through the episode with us and 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 all of their thoughts because having these spoiler filled recaps is a lot better than 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 not having the spoiler filled recaps because we can talk about certain things that happen and not bite our tongue and and worry and worry that we're giving things away. So it's full, you know. Full full disclosure, everything on the table. We don't hold back because it's interesting to to, to look at things from like an episode two and knowing how it's going to end, um, com- compared to just watching episode two on its face. So if you guys are into that kind of stuff, you definitely are going to want to become patrons and on uh, Patreon. Yep, some of the fantastic features are our where is Carl watch. We still don't know. Our red right hand counter. And we're going to add bonus episodes, not just breaking down every single episode of season five. We're going to go over some what ifs, some hypotheticals, some season six questions, and maybe even if we're lucky, Josh will go over every single episode's best song and maybe his top 15, maybe his best Spotify playlist. If he were to put them all together, Apple Music playlist of all of the Peaky Blinders music. I did read an article that Peaky Blinders is release, releasing a soundtrack for the first time I, ever. Thank God, dude, because I've been looking everywhere. What what I've been doing, I'll actually give this credit to my father, is because Peaky Blinders' music is so good, what he does is he just shazams the song that's playing, adds it, to, adds it to a playlist, and he's been doing that with like other TV shows that have good music. So we basically have like every single Peaky Blinders song on one like consolidated playlist. So I'm going to give you that breakdown full, full, full in-depth breakdown of those songs and which one's my favorite. And I will say right now, season five had the worst music. It's very, wow. Interesting. Very upsetting. In my opinion. I mean, there was, there were good, 
it was more of like instrumentals and more of like you know situational effects as opposed to like actual songs with lyrics that were tied to certain scenes and characters and moods and swings so that's just my take it's still i mean obviously contextual and relative so not like it was bad and we're talking about one cup of coffee per month in order to get five six seven possible episodes from josh and i we're gonna have at least one a week and then any bonus ones we decide to release like going over the feedback from episode one from season five, if we want to just go over what Carol commented, what Lady Ferg commented, some of our loyal Peaky heads, go on patreon.com slash by order of Peaky. If you want to just donate, we have a tip jar too. So if you just like what we do, you can also pick that option. Once again, you can find us on facebook.com slash Peaky podcast on Twitter at by order of Peaky, or you could send us some feedback via email at B-O-O-T Peaky blinders at gmail.com. Make sure to review, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to give us some stars. But Facebook is where we're going to go for most of these reviews. I did get one email that will touch it at the end that I actually teased Josh in the last feedback. So if we can remind myself at the end of this episode to go over the email from Mike. Let's see if we can get that. We're going to save that for the end. But we'll start with Carol. Carol says, guys, I live for your pod. She's one of the best. She's from Birmingham, from the real life UK. She said she recently heard an interview with Anthony Byrne. And I think it was the same one I listened to where she said that Season five is just part one of two, and he said that he shot that final scene with Tommy walking into the field with the gun, and neither Killian or Anthony Byrne knew what was happening next. They hadn't gotten the season five script yet, and so Anthony Byrne said that Tommy is driven to the edge of oblivion, confusion, and betrayal. So Carol thinks that's the reason why we didn't get a lot of red right hand this season, because our boy is not in his groove, he's down and possibly out. So there was no time this year, and it was not fitting for a thumping baseline. I I like where her head's at, but I think that's I don't think that that's right because I think that that's like giving way too much credit to the viewer. I, I think, and I mean she's she's obviously very intelligent when she when she makes that assumption, but you got to think about like the average listener. They're not thinking like. Hmm, why is Red Right Hand not in here because Tommy's psyche isn't there and it doesn't fit? Like, there's been a lot of episodes where it's not fitting to have that thumping baseline. Like, for example, when when Grace got shot, I don't think that that was fitting to have a thumping baseline. You know, it was kind of like I needed like a melancholy, sad tune. And so I like where her head's at. And if she's right, all credit to her. But I don't think, I think it was, I don't know. I, I, I still like wonder to this day why there is no Red Right Hand. It's, it's very interesting, and we're doing a counter on our Netflix watch. So Josh has a theory that it's on Netflix and not on BBC. So we're going to keep an eye out for that. That's what I think. We, we, need to, we should probably go back and watch it on, on BBC but, and, and see. But I, I, have a th- I have a theory, you know, be, me being in law school, a potential lawyer, that, that, it's, that it has to do something with licensing and royalties and blah, 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 blah. With, Maybe there's different laws in America. Who, who, who the hell knows? But it's very interesting because we. It's funny because you and I didn't even notice. Like initially, we're like, "Oh shit, where is it?" Yeah, it's it's funny and it's good that Carol mentions it. And I'm not sure there was a thumping baseline when Grace was shot. I feel like they just went silent when that episode ended, but I'm not sure. It was just like the credits, and it was like probably like a really disturbing tune. At the, there's like sometimes when it's like. There's like really no sound, but it's like very faint sound and a very yeah. like intense scene. I know Game of Thrones did that a lot when it would just be like like some thumping, like, but it wasn't like a thumping baseline. It was just like, duh, duh. And I'm just like, whoa, this is fucking scary. Yep, yep. And then 
Carol also says, I don't want to nitpick because she's still processing the finale, but she was disappointed with Finn. Well, yeah, I think everyone was. I mean... It looked like he was the moron of the family. He's so damaged. He wants to prove that he's ready to join his big brothers, but that scene in episode one, when they have to shoot out the Chinese, Finn managed to get himself shot before he even fires a shot, which is a good point. And then she says, I'm hoping and praying that Finn isn't involved with Michael and Gina, and I bet Polly will join Michael because of the Aberama tragic demise. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think Polly quit at the end, so I think she's on board with Michael. That's what I would guess. Yeah, so to go back to her first point that her nitpick was like Finn, I guess, just Finn in general, it's almost like Stephen Knight made him too dumb. Like, like way too dumb to, to the point where he know like, how could you possibly talk about family business like that? Like, I'm pretty sure earlier in the episode, they were like, don't ever talk about family business. You know, like, there's people around you. Don't ever talk about family business. I think he did it two minutes earlier. I think Arthur yeah. told him not to yeah, talk about him. it. he told him, like, don't talk about it. It was like, you actually are way too dumb. And so it was kind of, like, frustrating to the point where it was like, it wasn't even believable that someone would would be that stupid. But I, I think it's just clear the entire season. And as we do this rewatch on Patreon, have I mentioned patreon.com slash Peaky? As we do this, have you? As we ah. do this spoiler-filled rewatch, which is so much fun to do, I, it's easy to point out, Every single time that Finn gets shot down by Tommy. Back in season three and four when Tommy told him to just be a man. Be a man. In the beginning when Tommy of this season when Tommy tells him that he's a general and he can't be running around and Finn says, well, someone has to. And he just feels like he has to belong. And then it just winds up getting everyone, you know, either killed or taken away. And Abrahama Gold, it says here, I believe that Abrahama Gold was stabbed about 23 times in <laughs> the last scene. I did not count, but we'll get there soon on, on Patreon. It was brutal. I actually just watched it with my dad, my mom and dad. They just they just finished season five. They they ran through it in like two days. Casual, but uh, casual. But I I was like, damn, I did not realize how brutal Abarama's death was. Like, didn't 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 need to be that 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 brutal. I mean, I guess like father like son. I think right? I blacked out. I don't remember anything after. After our our boy, uh, right? What, what was our our Wednesday guy up there? The the, the sniper. Oh, my God, I forgot his name. It's like uh, <laughs> after our guy gets shot. I totally forgot, but one thing I will say, this isn't like a, this isn't even like a relative, well, I guess it is relative to the last episode, was on second watch, that last episode was effing intense. Those last 15 minutes were effing intense, and I think I think once, I, once we go through our deep, deep, deep dive into the season, I'm going to really like see, season five a lot more than I did on first watch. You think so? I mean, I know I've watched the first two episodes so far preparing for our 5.2 recap on Patreon, and I I loved episode two, and it got a really high score on IMDb as well. I I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... Barney. It's Barney. Barney. His name I is Barney. I was about to look it up. I, I was refraining from it, and then I was like, you know what? It has to, I have to Barney, look it up. yep, yep, yep. And there's been a lot of funny memes with him on uh, on Reddit and Twitter. It's fucking Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm pretty sure you, yeah. it is. It is actually it Wednesday is. today. While while Josh and I are it's recording, Wednesday. Just make sure that you don't that you don't wait till you don't wait till ten to, till Tommy counts to ten with whatever you're doing. That's all I gotta say. Do you know what you know what else today is, Josh? As we record on October twenty third, twenty nineteen. No idea. It's your girl's birthday, Amelia oh, Clark, the mother of dragons. Baby. Happy birthday to Daenerys Stormborn. Daenerys Targaryen. Awesome, awesome. So before we keep going here, I want to let you know 
that this podcast is sponsored by just a fantastic company. It's a company that doesn't just say they'll help the less fortunate, they do it. Similar to Shelby. Shelby Company Limited, Shelby Brothers, Tommy, Ada, they all love to help out to the poor. Bare Bottom Clothing makes the best everyday adventure menswear, from essential khaki shorts to wild stretch swim trunks, or even their new stretch joggers. I like the joggers. It's pretty cold where I'm at right now, Josh, about 41 degrees. Can't wear swim trunks. So if you're somewhere where you can't wear swim trunks, go with the joggers. Everything is made with premium adventure-ready fabrics that's designed to be super comfortable all day. And the best part, for every item you buy, I know you've been waiting for how charity gets involved. For every item you buy, they donate a pair of shorts to a child in Bangladesh that needs one. So just go to barebottomclothing.com. Bear like the animal, bottomclothing.com, and use the promo code PEAKY for 15% off. No easier than that, Josh. And so as we as we continue here, we can talk about where you think Polly's going to stand in Season 6, because that's this question here. We won't go too much into Season 6 predictions, but it's hard for me to root for Polly ever since what she did to Michael last season but I feel like Michael kind of has forgiven her and would gladly take her on his side. I don't know. I, she's such a wild card, and I think it'd be almost too believable if she, like, was out of the company for good. I mean, it, it'd be too, like, non-realistic, I mean. Like, it'd be too, like, oh, it, like, it's too good to be true kind of thing. So you think, what do you, which side, what do you think? I mean, I don't know how it's going to happen, but Tommy, I think Tommy's just going to lay, lay it down and be like, look, like, I need you. Like, that's it. Like, like you're very strong for this company. He's not dumb. He he knows he can't do it all by himself, and he knows that what she did while they were all at war and the role that she plays. And I don't know. She's she's she she's very in the moment a lot of the times, and she likes to think on emotion. And so I think she was just pissed the f off with everything that was going on, and and she was kind of thinking, you know, on Michael's side. But there's been times where she's gone against Michael too, just like she threw him under the bus and why he got you know shipped off to America. So I really don't know where she stands. And, you know, what she's really, what her long-term goal is. Like, it, it, would, it would be crazy if she actually was out of the business for good and what kind of life she would, she would live. I think she's just tired of Tommy calling her shots because she got engaged to Abraham Gold. It was something that Tommy set up, whether she knows it or not. Remember, Tommy basically said you can have Polly in exchange for holding off from the Billy Boys. Yeah, definitely. And then they got engaged and then he gets Abraham killed. And so that might be the final straw for Polly. I wouldn't mind... I think I need a switch up with Helen McCrory's character. I need. I, obviously, you guys, have, if you listen to our podcast, you know how anti-Polly I am ever since she screws over her own son and banishes him to America because of her own I, plan I we've, to fuck him we've over. We've been anti-Polly ever since she confessed about the killing of the priest. We've been pretty oh, anti-Polly yeah. since then. She's, so, like, season she, three. God, she's such... So, I don't know. Oh, Polly has done off. so many bad things. All right, and here's something I know you like to talk about, Josh. It's a conspiracy theory that we had texted into us. Was that Gina with Mosley in the dressing room as he quote-unquote warmed up for the rally? And I will say that, as I just told you, I watched that episode again. It's pretty clear. It's not clear, but it's... it's I just I just came from, like, doing arguments, so I, I almost said clear, clear and convincing. But it's pretty convincing that it's her. Just, like, the shape of her hair... Like it's blonde. It's pretty believable the way that she was, you know, admiring him in in his speech at the party. You could really, you know, if I, I encourage you all to go back and watch how she was in awe of the way he spoke and and as you saw, she's like addicted to power. She's addicted to people at the top. She's addicted to to kind of taking over 
And I I could totally see her admiring a guy like Oswald Mosley. She's batshit. I it's I my my gut says it's a red herring. Now I don't think she's pregnant, which would mean something has to be up with her. That's just my gut. My gut's just going with that. And I think that I think that Gina being with Mosley would be too convenient. I, no no enemy in Peaky Blinders history has been this conveniently sewn together. Yeah, and no, and I mean I don't know. if like how deep we want to go into this, but what? Well, if you guys are patrons, you'll listen to it on five point two when we really go down deep, deep down into it. But there's like a whole underlying purpose to why she would necessarily want to undermine Michael and undermine the Shelbys and slash Grays. So I think that if we really think really really deep into it, it's like it is kind of a red herring, but it also makes perfect sense and would be like a, a brilliant plot. And that's what makes for such a good show when the same thing that could be a red herring might still be a red herring and yet be one that is, and, and if you guys don't know what a red herring is, it's just something to draw you like, off. It, right. It's, and it, it, it's, it's, I, I love it. It's a series of unfortunate events. They literally had a big red fish be the red herring in the episode. And that's just like to teach you what a red herring that's is. That's funny as hell. And it means... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's awesome, and it, and it's just something to to make you think that one thing's gonna happen and then it's not, and that's a red herring. And so I think that's it would be fine with me if it ten, if it turns out that Gina is bad, but not bad with Mosley. You know what I mean? It's almost like when you know when Jon Snow died, everyone kind of knew that he was gonna be brought back to life. I I don't know if I knew that to be honest. But like it was like, but oh, yeah, like, in due time, in due time, correct. Everyone had the thought, oh, John John Snow's gonna be brought back to life, and it's like, oh no, like. Like it's it's a red it, like it's right. too obvious kind of thing, and then it so. ended up being it, it's almost reverse psychology. Like exactly. And then the last exactly. comment here before we get to the last piece of feedback here, the season was basically about Tommy Shelby's mental health decline. Director Byrne called it the darkness of Tommy's soul and psyche. Tommy's confused, and we, the audience, are meant to be confused too. I think that's a pretty good take. Obviously, someone that's constantly taking morphine and seeing a ghost. Similar to Sam Darnold, who sees ghosts on the sideline of the New York Jets. Which was hilarious. Just a little professional American football comedy there. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's obvious that that we're supposed to be confused, and that's why Josh and I don't have ironclad opinions. A lot of the stuff, we can be swayed one way or the other, especially with Tommy, especially with, with that final scene. Was it all a dream? You know what it, I mean? It, was he ever talking to Arthur? Was he always by himself? We don't, you don't know. And I think about it like all the time when I, especially when I rewatched it, it's like, what the hell was going on in that last scene? Like, what the hell? I mean, we see the black horse that Alfie ta- uh, that Alfie alluded to that he saw in a dream, which we don't even know possibly based off of your theory, Daniel, if Alfie is actually there, if that was a dream. Uh... So whether or not it was like a dream within a dream, like Inception, it's funny not that ironic enough that it's Tom Hardy. Holy shit. I just thought about it on the fly. Wait, what does but Tom Hardy have to do with it? Because he, Alfie was talking about a dream. I'm saying was Tom, we was Tom Hardy in, in Inception? What? Kill, Killian, no, Murphy Killian Murphy was, was in there. Inception. Killian. Oh my God. God. I just, honestly, I mind fucked myself. Way oh too my God. I just lost, I just lost track. But <laughs> I'm just saying is that like those last like 30, I mean that last episode had so many different things that, that make your head whirl around as Wow, I'm just on a roll here. It's David Bowie's Lazarus song. I'm so high, it makes my brain whirl. Oh my god! But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that was real. I mean, he had a vision with Grace. We don't know if that was in his sleep. Even that the black horse was there in the distance, only for like the really attentive watchers to to pick up. So it's it's that season long cliffhanger that we've dreaded that would happen, 
And I think one of our one of our watchers, I don't remember who, met, alluded to that in our in our last recap episode, our our, our last feedback episode about you know, this is the first time we've really had a cliffhanger where we don't have any clarity going into the next season. I mean, besides besides the Campbell episode where him and Grace had that standoff at the train station, but we knew that there was a gun fired, so it was more clear on that end. But we don't know. We, we we really don't, and I and I love how it was intentional. Yep, it was Ferg that said that it was the first time it was a cliffhanger. She also gave the series a nine point, the season a nine point two, while Carol gives the season a nine point five, because Stephen Knight is a bloody genius for weaving these real life historical characters into the savage world of a backstreet Birmingham Razor gang. She goes, I mean, how many times has Winston Churchill saved Tommy's life? Her prediction is that Churchill will be making a trip to Birmingham, like he said in the finale. Someone's got to save Tommy. That would be great. Give me, give me that. Give me a whole spinoff that's just Churchill having a dinner scene with with the Shelbys. He said, "I would really like to spend an evening with your family." Yeah, no, he was. He was. I mean, it was a different Churchill, obviously, from from the, from the first time we saw him. I think different, different actor, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying different actor, and this actor was really, really good at portraying what we from based off of prior, you know films that we've seen what Churchill kind of is like and this one was like a very thick accent you know very heavy had the hat had had the top hat you know going and he was really he had that bravado that uh that uh Winston Churchill that, that we heard that he had and so that scene with Churchill and mixing real life with fiction is brilliant and they make it seem so real like it's palpable like the chemistry between Shelby and and Churchill and so I love that relationship and so I don't want it's it's kind of funny because Churchill drives the show, if you think about it. He drives every single plot line. And so without Winston Churchill, without the real stuff going on in the background, we wouldn't have Peaky Blinders and we wouldn't have this. So I love it. I'm down to see more Churchill. I'm down to see that night out with, with, with Churchill and the Shelby clan. And then we have a couple of days ago a, a Twitter correction from Lori. And this is a great correction because I really got into and I, it was one of my pet peeves from season three when the Russian and the Soviets were used in different contexts in the same sentence and it was confusing, Lori says, I thought I'd explain why using Russians and Soviets in the same sentence is not a mistake. Here we go. I love our history buffs. Russia became USSR, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, in 1922. So there's no Russia in USSR. Soviets are communists. Russians at the time were trying to get rid of the Soviets. Wow. It's very, it's very, it's, it's complicated because like the different ideologies at the time are different than what they are today. So like what, like the, it was, it was a lot of shit going on. I had, I asked my dad, like, just like surface level of like, you know, what, if, if, if he had to explain it to like a class, how do you explain it? And I got like an hour and a half, like debrief on, on like the allied powers and shit and but it's 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 super complicated and so we're very thankful to have that clarity because we were confused in season three with with you know with with the exiled and tatiana and the bolsheviks blah 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 and there's so there's different names and different uh different monikers for for these people and then we've got a fun one an email from mike when we this could be an entire episode on patreon that we might do coming up but quickly he says guys i need something to fill my tv watching time Give me your top five shows that you've watched this year. Mm. Oh, I'm throwing Josh. I did not prepare Josh for this one. So I'll go through my top five. He could think of five. Okay. I mean, of this year? Does that, he, said does that... That, he said that you've seen this year. 
Okay, I mean, Mindhunter, I thought was an amazing season. Okay, that's on Netflix. I thought Mindhunter was great. I just watched Fleabag, which is awesome. great. Great you television. You, you can watch that. You can watch that in a weekend. She won all the Emmys. Literally, you can watch that in a day. You can watch that in a day. There's only two seasons, and, and it's over. Let's see. I mean, God, I don't know. I mean, why don't you go while, while I ponder this? Okay, so my favorite show of 2019 is Succession. On okay. HBO, I, ju- I just started that, so like I, I'm probably gonna get there. It's gold. I love it. I don't even just you just have to take my word for this. Succession is is a is a swing and a knock, home run out of the park. I got, wait, go ahead. We, I we, got we, one can, to go. we can weave in and out. Go ahead. Right, billions because I watched it all this summer. That's a good one. Best show on television, in my opinion. I mean, until Peaky Blinders came around, because I I think they're they're in the same tier. Okay, that's a good Bobby one. Bobby Axelrod is one of those characters that you just that you just love. He's top five in TV. Okay, I've got a good one that's on Amazon Prime and on TNT. And if you like Michael Gray, mm. you're going to love Finn Cole's portrayal of the main character in Animal Kingdom. It's basically Peaky Blinders in America set in 2018. It's awesome. It's about a family of thieves that have to go through family strife along with trying to climb up the ranks of, of the California, you know, criminal family oriented things it's got a couple characters from vikings it's got famous guys all over the the place and ellen barkin is the is the main woman character she's essentially the poly so animal kingdom's great as well yellowstone is another great one that i saw this year it's it's one with Uh, kevin costner as a cowboy on Mm -hmm. uh, paramount network tv well i'm gonna throw out my next one that is an underrated show that's that that you keep on sleeping on and i don't know why you won't watch it but dark, dark is like unbelievable television. Dark is is a deep thought. I got through I, half of the first season, and it's just it was just tough for me to watch a. Ger- it's in German, with subtitles. Yeah, and if and if you're a person who watches dubbed over television, then we can't be friends because yeah, I, I'll never do that. Basically, you're watching uh, mimes like not act like they're just like moving their mouths. It takes away from the acting. Okay, so that, that's a solid one. I love Mr. Robot. The final season is midway through right that. now. Rami Malek. I'm a big Rami Malek guy. He, he won the Oscar for, for playing Queen, and he, or the main the main singer Fre- in Queen. Freddie Mercury. You, you're going you're, you're gonna to offend a lot of people by that. I just meant the movie, the movie Queen. No, no, no. And it's a great show about how hackers take down the 1%, and it's kind of got a, like some fight club in it as well. Christian Slater's that. So I think we're down to two. I got one more. You've got two more. Let's hit him with it before we wrap this up. One no, more? I have Go one ahead. One more, yeah. Oh, God. Now you're putting me on the spot. Yeah. Well, I just started watching The Politician, which I think is great. Okay. I really like it. I mean, if, if you're a big Broadway play kind of person, there's Ben Platt is the, is the star, and he's been in some great Broadway shows. He was Evan Hansen and Dear Evan Hansen, which is one of the best Broadway plays of all time. And they have a they have a few other actors that 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 like made their start in Broadway and they're hilarious. And there's like some really good A list actors. Gwyneth Paltrow's in it. Um, a lot of uh, what's what's the lady from American Horror Story? Like the, the older lady. She's in she's in a bunch of stuff. I don't watch American Horror Story. Oh my God, I can't. Whatever. But I mean, there's there's great acting. It's a really good show. Um, it's on Netflix. There's only been one season so far, so I, I, I highly encourage you to watch that. Okay, and then I'll give I'll give one HBO because I've done a do- HBO is my love, and I say it's they could take all my money. And Euphoria. so, Euphoria is fantastic. I'm trying to think uh, of one that has more that. than trying to think of one that has more than one season. Barry, 
Fairy with Ooh, Bill Hader. Why am I forgetting that one? Is gold. It's just gold. It's I amazing. Do a great NoHo Hank. Okay. Well, we'll maybe, maybe we'll do a Barry podcast. <laughs> oh, Barry. He's such a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great one. And then uh, if you don't have HBO and you have Amazon Prime, I like Man in the High Castle. That's a really good one, too. Set in an alternate universe where the United States did not win World War II. So it's really interesting where half of the world is owned by the Nazis and half the world is owned by the Pacific, the, the, the Japanese, and it's just this cool hypothetical kind of fantasy lands story. And I, I like it. And so there we go. It, well, I guess to like end to end on that, it's not a TV show, but it's, it's Breaking Bad-esque. It's related in El Camino. I mean, I don't know if you've watched it yet. Yeah, it was solid. I, I thought it was. It was good. It was. It was. It felt like bonus episodes of Breaking Bad. It was the ending that Jesse Pinkman deserved, and I love Jesse Plemons too. And he had a really, really funny role, and he just makes me yeah. laugh when I look at him. I just think of like like Mike and and uh, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I just think of Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I mean, he was just it was epic. But that was a great, you know, ending on I guess that chapter of Breaking Bad. So we think, but those are those are our, those are our top shows. There we go. Feedback episode number two. Go like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Peaky Podcast. We're on Twitter at By Order of Peaky. Keep the feedback coming. Maybe we'll get an episode three here if we get some more feedback. So send it to us on social media or email us at bootpeakyblinders at gmail.com. Go ahead and go to barebottomclothing.com. Make sure to use the promo code Peaky for 15% off. And once again, you can catch some bonus episodes as Josh and I go through the entire season five again, but with Spoilers, complete spoilers all the way through on patreon.com slash peaky. You can press the link in the show notes. Just $5 a month. That's it. It's all we ask for. Josh and I put together a lot of prep. We put together a lot of hard work for you guys. He's in law school trying to grind away, so we're just happy that we can get him for as much time as we can. So we really appreciate everything that you guys have said to us, all the reviews, all the ratings. And, of course, if you're a Patreon patron, that's the highest sign of respect that we can get so go there we love you guys we love you guys at the end of the day we, we do we really do he's josh i'm daniel thanks so much for joining us again we binge so you don't have to